stopping what can't be stopped. No killing what can't be stopped. Welcome to Bad Puns and Machine Guns, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie one at a time, and maybe the occasional surprise as well. I'm Mike Olson. And I'm Kevin Keane, and today we're discussing Predator 2, released by 20th Century Fox on November 21st, 1990, starring Danny Glover, Gary Busey, Ruben Blades, Maria Conchita Alonso, Bill Paxton, Kevin Peter Hall, Robert Davi, and Adam Baldwin. Written by Jim Thomas and John Thomas, directed by Stephen Hopkins. Predator 2. So, guess whose turn it is to apologize this time? Uh, that would be you. Yeah, this is worse than I remembered it being. <laughs> you know, being the big Predator fan as a kid, I've probably seen this 10, 15 times in my lifetime. Really? Oh, man, I'm but sorry. If I've seen this movie 15 times, 12 of them were before at the age of 15. You know, okay. it's like from the time this movie came out on video until teenage years, I watched it. I, I watched a lot of movies. So my memory was, oh, it's not as good as Predator, but, you know, it's okay. Well, and it's, it's really not good. Oh, it's not, yeah, it's not good at all. <laughs> no, it's really bad. I was kind of surprised. It's been probably five years at least. I remember, I have a very specific memory about Predator 2 because Predator was the first R-rated movie I'd seen as a kid. And you think about, you know, this came out in 1990. Yep. I remember seeing a poster for Predator 2 in the movie theaters. I, I don't know, we'd, I'd gone to see something with my parents. And I remember I didn't want them to know that I had seen Predator, but I was really excited. I was like, oh my god, they're making a Predator 2. And I was like, I have this very distinct memory of trying to contain my excitement in front of them, because if they saw me excited, they'd know I'd seen Predator and I'd be in trouble. Right now what I'm envisioning, I'm envisioning Willie Mays, Wesley Snipes and Willie Mays Hayes when he finds out he has not been cut and he made <laughs> right. the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> I, have, I have to go to the bathroom. Yes, he is, he is, he is, outside the theater. It was like that. It was very much, trying. To, I'm trying to maintain my composure. Oh, that's um, awesome. I'm sure I didn't see it in theater because I still would have been too young to see it. But when I, eventually when it came out on video, I remember liking it. But I was a dumb kid, obviously, because <laughs> there's really nothing good about this. So it's funny that you bring up that Predator was your first R-rated movie because in a lot of ways, this didn't feel like Predator. It felt more like my first R-rated movie. It feels a lot like RoboCop. Yeah, it doesn't have the satire that RoboCop has, though. That's the no. thing. I think the closest it comes is on the subway when a robbery happens yeah. and, like, everyone on the subway has a gun. Yes. But I'm not sure if they intended that to be satire or if it was just like, oh, it's a really rough, you know, future yeah. and things are really, you know, Bleak. crazy. And yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you drain all the satire out of RoboCop and it's just not that interesting. No. And then throw the Predator in there. Yeah. And so, I mean, there are things that I think are, are there to enjoy and, you know, we probably... Should you know acknowledge um, you know Bill Paxton's passing not not that long ago? Um, yeah, you know he's certainly a great character actor, and with this, I don't know if there's anybody else that can lay claim to being killed by a predator, the Terminator, Terminator right. and an alien. It's funny. I was I I found out about his death while I was watching Predator Two. Really, it was like really kind of creepy. I was it, luckily he wasn't on screen, but. I'm watching it, and I get a news notification on my phone. Oh, yeah. And I'm going, like, oh, what dumb thing did Trump tweet now? <laughs> and I look down, and it's Bill Paxton dead at 61. And I was like, oh, wow, what a – it's really sad, and what a crazy coincidence. But the the thing is that I don't know how to handle necessarily because the notes I was taking about his performance weren't necessarily complimentary. So, I mean, I was like, just leave it at that in terms of, like, this isn't really the movie he's remembered for. He's had no. a lot of great performances. Yeah. And, 
this unfortunately is not one of them. No, I mean, there's a lot of the, I mean, it, it's the same thing with Danny, you know, Glover, right? I mean, there's, there's not really much that's memorable in this. Well, I think that's a case of bad casting. I, you know, I, I think Bill Paxton is well cast, but I think he, he's giving his weird science performance when he should have been giving his twister performance, if that makes sense. You know yeah, what I mean? that's true. He's just a little, he's just not quite, he's not exactly lining. Chet, but it's a lot, it's, it's close to that. Yeah. I don't want, again, after my talking ill of Paul Walker last episode, <laughs> I gotta be careful. Uh, speaking of which, I meant to mention this before the episodes, so maybe I'll cut this out, but out of guilt, I ended up watching all of the Fast and Furious movies. I'm going like, I really badmouthed them and I've never seen those movies. I should oh watch my, them. You've watched all of those? I marathoned all of them the past couple of weeks. Wow. I actually kind of enjoyed them. They're actually much better than I thought. <laughs> He's not a good actor, but... No, he's not. He goes from being a very stiff, bad actor to being a very relaxed, bad actor. So that's progress. Paul Walker, I mean. Yeah. Over the course of that series. See, the thing is, I've probably only seen two, maybe three of them. Uh, The the first one... He he is a stiff and right. He's, he's terrible. Yeah, he's a mannequin. He is first terrible. We're doing it again. I'm just <laughs> rest in peace, Paul Walker. Rest in peace, Bill Paxton. <laughs> I'm gonna we gotta stop. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just as far as Bill Paxton goes, I think we should leave it at that. But yeah, Danny Glover, why is he playing this part? That's interesting that you say that because that's kind of what I thought. It's like why why I don't I don't dislike Danny Glover, but why yeah, Danny Glover? I think it's 100 percent not his fault. I mean, it, so they came to him and said, "Hey, you want to play like a dirty Harry type badass cop?" And he's like, "Sure, why not? That'd be that's something fun." He can't play that. It's like watching Grandpa run around. You know, this character was Mike something Harrigan. Mike Harrigan. Mike yeah. Harrigan. In movie history, he is the action hero with the highest waisted pants. I didn't notice that. I mean, he's an old man. He's wearing old man you're, pants. You're right. The, the, what I couldn't get past in this movie, and you had already mentioned it, so I knew about it, but, I mean, just his shirts are so over-the-top soaked <laughs> yeah, in well, this movie. I mean, I know they're trying to establish how hot it is, but, I mean, some yeah. of them, it looks like he got out of the swimming pool. Yeah, him more than anybody else. You're right. Yeah. I did enjoy the Panama Jack hat every once in a while <laughs> yeah. as well. That's kind of a very grandpa thing. It's just this movie is trying so hard to convince us what a super cop Danny Glover is. I, I didn't buy it for a second. No. And the thing is, here's the thing about this movie, and I, I'm not entirely clear how this was going to work, but it was originally written for Arnold, and then something happened where he wanted them to delay it. Like He, he was going to do it, but I think Terminator 2 conflicted with it. And they said, you know... I'll do it if you delay, delay the movie yeah. the filming. And they said no, and they just went on without him. So I don't know if he if it was going to be the Danny Glover character was going to be Dutch, and he like after he got out of the army, he was just a cop. <laughs> or I don't know if he was going to be in the Gary Busey role, oh. which I think would make more sense. That would make way more sense. But they obviously rewrote it because I don't think they would have had him play second banana. No. So I don't know what the original plan was. I'd be interested to know. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't look. For, being a bonus episode, I didn't spend a ton of time looking for for stuff on the movie. I think that would be interesting. Although it's funny because Gary Busey is actually probably one of the things I I kind of enjoy about this movie. He is one hundred percent the yeah. best part of this movie. Yeah. I didn't remember that at all. I kind of I don't think of him when I think of this movie. I don't. I normally don't think that Gary Busey is going to be the highlight of very many movies, but Gary Busey is the highlight of this thing. I mean, they gave him all the exposition like two thirds of the way in the movie. The scene where he's, you know, they're in that like trailer and he's giving Danny Glover yeah. all the information about the Predator and the ex- what it can yeah, do. Yeah, the, the exposition dump. <laughs> the line he has, uh, I don't know how I'm going to say it. In oh, your best Busey. Just, well, I can't do Busey, but I'm just saying like I got to talk around the curse. But he goes, it's an extra something something life form. And Danny Glover goes, huh? A bleeping alien. <laughs> 
Yes. You know, he's he, that's the kind of thing I that, have that when we get in my notes, I have that in big capital letters. It's a it's one of the few moments of this movie where it's it's actually fun, enjoyable, you yeah. know. Cuz you know, the first Predator is pretty serious. It's not like joking it up, but it's still fun. Yeah. Predator 2 is not fun. No. It's just bleak and like drab. Everything like there's like a late 80s early 90s cinema, I don't know how to describe it, but movies from like 1989 to 1991 are almost universally ugly. And I don't know what it is. I can I can see what you're saying on that. I'm thinking like like it's, there's like a certain style. It's like the yeah. first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and like the Super Mario Brothers movie. Ooh, Super Mario. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's, like a, there's like a garbage pale kids quality to movies of this period where it's just like, Ugh, I feel gross just looking at this. I, don't, yeah. I, I can't quite describe what I mean. Maybe it was the sweaty shirts is what the problem well, was. Yeah, that, that's part of it. It's just <laughs> gross. Like, even like the first Batman, Michael Keaton Batman, yeah. it's like... Everything know. is, you're just waiting for someone to say, I don't know on you, can't do that on television, and then get slime dropped all no, over No, but at you. least that slime looks clean. Like, it just, <laughs> there's like a period of movies where everything is just grimy and gross, and I don't even really know why. It's just a, a thing that was in at the time. There's a lot in this movie that certainly dates this movie, and let me get, also get this out here, looking at the front page of my notes here. Morton Downey Jr. I had <laughs> oh, not yeah. thought of this guy's name nor should you. Nor should I, but s- since probably this era, but I remember him. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, wait a minute. It's oh, <laughs> yeah, Morton Downey Jr. This was minute 16 of his 15 minutes of fame. Yep. Like, probably when they were filming this, he, was, he still had a TV show. And then by the time this came out, he did not have a TV show. <laughs> uh, I doubt people now even know who that is. I, I would be surprised. I mean, I, I had to really think, but I'm like, I know this guy from some. <laughs> then when I looked, I'm like, oh, yes. Morton Downey Jr. I did some reading about Morton Downey Jr. because I remembered him like very, very vaguely because we were pretty young. Yeah, and I, I saw like part of the reason why he went away is because a guy like that he was a sh- shock TV. He like yeah. invented trash TV. He was kind of yeah. Jerry Springer before there was Jerry Springer. Yep, and that thing has a short shelf life usually, but. Apparently he, I didn't know this, that he like faked a, a attack. Like he claimed that he was attacked in a per- airport bathroom. That it was some kind of like he supposedly said it was like a racially motivated attack or something. I don't know what even. Oh, what. I, I did not know that. And, but he faked it. Like he beat. He, he like went into a bathroom and like beat himself up. So what you're saying is, it's a little bit like one of my favorites, Fight Club. He yes, just beats himself up in a bathroom. Seriously, he he faked an attack because he was trying to get publicity. Because he was like at the end, he was. You know, trying to saw get the end is coming. 16 of his 15 minutes. Yeah, I didn't know that, but just like that's the kind of guy this guy is. Apparently, like he was sued like dozens of times for like fraud, and he was just a real dirtbag. So it's like he's he not acting on too. screen. Yeah, he's, he's in Predator 2, but he's not acting when he's on screen. Yeah, yeah at least uh, he gets punched out. Like yeah. he's just there to be the slime ball. That wow. like like a lot of characters, he has no purpose in this movie. There's uh, a lot of unnecessary characters. I hadn't thought about that. Who 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 have you got there on this? That's an unnecessary character. You've got uh, Harrigan's captain, played by some guy, and then you also have the deputy police chief, played by Robert Davi. You mean Special Agent Johnson? <laughs> I thought I thought he was a Fed in this one. It took me a while to realize, like, oh, he's actually like he's yeah he's he's city an LAPD. Police. Yeah, yeah. he he's the most unnecessary character. Why? Why do you need both? I mean, first, you don't need either one. There's n- neither one of those characters do anything relevant to the plot. They don't get killed. They have no reason to be. There's two of them. He has two bosses. There's only, see, but the, for Special Agent Johnson, which is what I've got him in there as, that's a, for not people who are listening to Predator who probably know Die Hard, but that, that is a reference to Die Hard, or basically around the same time of this movie. Yeah. Oh, and uh, fresh off his Bond villain role in uh, oh, yeah. License to Kill. I forgot about that because I, I just 
like refuse to acknowledge that besides Benicio del Toro early in his career, there's no reason for me to acknowledge license to kill. It's so I know you like license to kill is not that bad. I hate that movie. Anyway, um, you just have to pretend it's not a bond movie. (laughs) Pretend (laughs) it's lethal weapon six, you know, and it's it's what's the point. (laughs) It's, it's the least bondy bond movie ever made, but I, I enjoy it. So all I could think of though, is when he was on screen is I was thinking of actually the Simpsons of, uh, McGarnacle because he gets results of like he's the character he's the the crusty captain that you're supposed to yell at the screen about that that's what that why that character exists but it uh, nothing comes of it I know because you're not really that vested you don't believe that Danny Glover is Dirty Harry well there's that but there's also like okay should we just start going through the movie yeah like, let's just dive in I mean okay because like the overview basically is the movie is not good <laughs> and yes. it, it definitely feels very much of the early nineties yeah in a bad way yeah. But yeah, there's like a shootout, and oh yeah, the, Danny Glover shows up. And yeah, so this is 1997. This is, I mean, this almost more than anything, the subway a little bit, but this feels like RoboCop. I mean, but instead of Detroit, it's Los Angeles, and that the street, it's just mayhem. And they spend a lot of time. There's multiple reporters out there, including one that just you know drops an f bomb and says, "I'm out of here." Basically, <laughs> that felt like RoboCop. Yeah. Again, like the lack of satire here, it feels like they're going for something with all these news reporters just constantly descending on these crime scenes, and all of them are very well informed. Just immediately they get there before the cops have even gone in to like investigate or like these, this specific gang is this, this, and yeah. this. It's like, how do you know that? The cops haven't even finished shooting them yet. <laughs> so it's amazing, like whatever technology they have in the distant future of 1997. These reporters were the precursor to uh, the local reporter in Jingle All the Way 2 that was a really good investigative <laughs> yeah. reporter on uh, The Hottest Toy. These reporters are all over the, this, these gangland wars. I mean, I guess it's... And the, jump to conclusions pretty quickly. I guess, yes. I guess this is just the only thing that's happening in L.A. in the future. So it's like, what else do they have to report on? It's just I, every city block is just nothing but gang violence. Yeah, that's what it's portrayed because that's the reason SWAT is not available because they're st- they haven't right. finished their shootout with um, with the Jamaicans. Right, they're across town dealing with the Jamaicans, so Danny Glover has to save the day. So I had a question for you, and maybe for if if the audience can get through Predator Two uh, at Bad Puns Podcast on Twitter. Here's what I want to know: So the Los Angeles Police Department, when they're working in Nakatomi Plaza, they've got this giant battering ram car. Why doesn't the LAPD, where is that? Why don't they have it for this little shootout? The car. Where is the car? Send in the car. Send in the car. It should have, it should have been a thing where like the, the car is on the way. I mean, generally, it just, the LAPD, I don't know if it's a budget thing, but LAPD, it seems like they have like no resources at all. <laughs> they talk about SWAT existing, but... You never really see it. Yeah, it's just detectives, like, you know, plainclothes detectives... Dealing with the entirety of the L.A. gang world. And some of those detectives wearing futuristic sunglasses in 1997. Who's wearing futuristic sunglasses? Oh, Danny Boy's sunglasses are terrible. <laughs> See, I, I, I thought those were just 90s sunglasses. I, I know. I took them that those are supposed to, not exactly Demolition Man, but supposed to be a little bit futuristic. A little bit. I, I, I you know, that those seems like not, a thing that someone could have been wearing in 1990. Maybe. I'm not sure. But yeah, so I want to call out just the one guy who's getting interviewed on the news saying, oh, they, they blew up they, my cantina. They, yeah. Well, first of all, I got to call him out because he's in a, a video game, oh. uh, a, a full motion video video game, uh, Wing Commander 3, 
with Mark Hamill and Malcolm McDowell. I kind of remember that game. I didn't play it, but I remember it. It was a big deal, the fact that they got all these movie stars. Yeah. And he was one of the like guys like, in your crew who flew planes with you. So his name was Vaquero. And he always wanted to build a cantina. He's like, when I'm done with the war, I'm going to build a cantina. I was like, ah, oh, it's this cantina. <laughs> He, got, he finished up with the war, and he built it in L.A., just in a terrible neighborhood. Until the gang members blew it exactly. up. But he's very upset about the, th- the things that they destroyed in his cantina, specifically his microwave, his automatic <laughs> steamer, and his grill. He's very upset about those three things. He clearly also did not know that it was a science oven. We need to make sure <laughs> right. that we correct people on that. I agree. But yeah, whatever. Danny Glover shows up, and he like... He tears the door off his car and puts body armor on the door. And Yeah, Danny Boy puts body armor on the door. And I think at some point in the movie, I don't think you get it yet, either Special Agent Johnson, somebody talks about the number of cars in his career that he's destroyed. And it's at oh, like yes. 11 at the start of the movie. And I think by the end of the movie, he's at 13 or 14 cars destroyed. <laughs> I guess you'd consider this destroyed. It gets shot up a lot. I, I was the, just, he knocked. He drives the door. He for no reason backs up and allows the driver's side door to get knocked off, only just so that you can have the stunt of him leaning out when it's clear Danny Glover is not driving that car. Yeah, it's so that he can hang out the door. Yes, but see, he knocks off the door so he can hang out the door. But then why is he hanging out the door? <laughs> I don't know. I guess because so he can duck down underneath the bullets, but then why not just shoot him at the side of the car? <laughs> He's sticking his head out of the left, out of the driver's side door, so that he, they can shoot him in the head. It's not like he's driving past them. Like, I think they're trying to go for, like, a cowboy hanging off the horse sort of a thing. But he's driving his car directly at them and poking his head out the side. Just paint a target on your head while you're at it. I mean, really, it's so dumb. I also like that the bulletproof vests are completely useless on the windows until the absolute very end when he, you know, pulls in. I think think those are not for him. Tearing the door off was so that he could hang out the side. (laughs) But I think they put the bulletproof vests on because he like he parks the car in front of the guys yeah, who are to, bleeding to be, use it as a shield. That's yeah. what I'm saying though is that it is totally useless until the very last minute. Right? He turns he turns the car towards yeah. them. And yeah, yeah. And then he's you're, as you said, he's hanging out the door and making a great target for himself. I don't understand this moment of him hanging out the side. But yeah, he chases them like they hole up inside the thing, inside the building. Yeah, he goes in. He he ignores. Uh, he's not a captain in this, but. Riggs and Murtaugh's captain from Lethal Weapon, he ignores him, and uh, he's, not, he's not a commanding officer in this. The actor is, is their captain. I don't remember who played their captain. Who, I don't who? remember the guy's name if you look it up. Oh, wait, he's the other guy with them? Yeah, he's, he's the like the guy. no-name guy? He's the no-name guy. Yeah, he's their captain. Is he? he? Yes, absolutely he is. Wow. I don't remember Riggs, Murtaugh. I mean, just the way that guy talked, I knew that guy was the same guy, and I looked it up to make sure. Is he? Because... Uh, um uh, Richard Donner directed the Lethal Weapon movies, and that guy looks like Richard Donner. He, his last name might be. It might be his brother, his brother or, something. or something. Yeah, I no. remember looking at him and be like, oh, that guy looks like Richard Donner. I mean, now that you're is, saying maybe it in, even is Richard Donner, but I'm telling you, I don't think it's Richard Donner, but he looks sim- similar. Yeah. So I just I could not get past that, and he sends a couple of his his guys up with him. Oh yeah, those guys are done. Yeah, it's quite a downgrade for him. Now that you, <laughs> I didn't know this, but to go from you know Danny Glover's boss to like flunky, I'll, I'll do whatever you say, guy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just tell you, me what to do. Yeah, I'll give you some suppressing fire. I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> wow. So yeah, so they head up, and of course the predator is is has had his way with the gang inside, and the gang inside well, is just over the top with like the cocaine. That oh, I they, know. It's ridiculous. I love the guy. It's it's yeah. It's so over the top because the guy just takes a handful of cocaine, doesn't even really snort. He just no. smells it. He just like smells it and then rubs it on his shoulder. All I, 
I forget. Yes, the rubbing on the shoulder. What is that about? What it made what me? A waste. Isn't that what you're fighting over? Isn't that entirely what you're fighting over? You may as well just be burning money in there. It, see, it reminded me. This don't look like no crack house to me. What do you want? Some guys dancing out front throwing cocaine at one another? Yeah. Well, in this world, that's exactly what they do. They basically throw cocaine at one another. I, it made me think, because like you know how when you spill salt, you're supposed to throw it over your shoulder? Yes. I was like, does that apply with cocaine? Cocaine? You spill it? Uh, you're right. I, didn't, I like that. Oh, yeah. I think that's... We're just going to assume that that's it. salt spilling rules that, to try, apply I, to cocaine. Yeah, but no, I like this. I like the idea that it's bad luck that if you spill the cocaine out of your vial, you need to throw some yeah. over your shoulder. No, with the other guy, there's two guys who are, are very avid cocaine users, and the yes. later guy... Just like all over his face. <laughs> He's kind of the main guy. He actually is a. I'd listen a little bit of the commentary, um, the writer's commentary. I didn't do the director's commentary, and uh, he he's a you know a stunt man. He actually was a stunt man who was driving the car um, when Danny in Glover, Last Action Hero. No, oh. in. Uh, in this movie, he's the one down where you can't see actually driving. Oh, gotcha. And um, and so yeah, so he obviously does this stunt, which is actually a pretty impressive stunt when he falls off the building, twists around. Um, yeah, that I mean, you can tell he's a stunt man because that's clearly him. That, that's oh, that yeah. guy. No, that that's that guy. So, well, but he is jacked up on cocaine as well because he's the he's the second guy. <laughs> El Scorpio is ready. <laughs> like. I almost wish the Predator wasn't in this movie and just make it about that guy. Make that guy the villain of the movie and just make it like a real schlocky, like a Death Wish movie, basically. That, that might have been better. I kind of like that guy. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's the second best actor in this movie. Yeah. He's a stunt man, which really doesn't speak well to the, the acting in this movie. Um, no, but the reason why I brought up Last Action Hero is because I wasn't sure and I forgot to look it up. It, I think this might be the guy in Last Action Hero he plays chicken with. And then he crashes into the... He looked a lot like him. I didn't look it up, though, to make sure, though. It might be. It's Let's a, just say it is. Yeah. I mean, I'd like <laughs> to think that. We've done no research. When, but he, when he races... Yeah, and he crashes into the fashion yeah. show. Yes. So the, the Predator has... It, those guys were no match for the Predator. But, of course, El Scorpio, he... Or El Scorpio. El Scorpion, he... Uh, is he it, I thought it was El Scorpio. I think they're the Scorpions. Oh, yes. He is El Scorpio. <laughs> So when he runs out, he, of course, is able to shoot not the main detectives, but he gets one of those guys that got sent up with, uh, with Danny Glover. Yeah, yeah, in the hallway. Yeah, and then uh, gets to the roof, and this is where you get the first, uh, first scene of the Predator here. Yeah, which looks really lousy. Yeah, it does not. I mean, I don't, maybe at the time it looked good. I don't know. It doesn't look good now. No, I don't think it looked good at the time. I think, you know, in a jungle where there's a lot of, like, detail for, for him to blend in, I think it makes sense. Whereas just against a blue sky, he's just the most obvious. He's just like, <laughs> you know, it, he's right there. I can see exactly where he is. And Danny Glover can see yeah. exactly where he is. I mean, they, they do kind of portray it as like, oh, yeah, it's camouflage. You can still totally see him if he's like right there. And that's probably fair. It's consistent with what the first movie portrayed it as. The only difference is in Predator 1, the Predator was smart and would hide in the trees and wouldn't just stand out in the open. You know, yeah. so I want to ask you about this predator. This predator is just as bad, much of a sore loser, um, but he doesn't seem to be as. He seems more ruthless, but not as stealthy and smart as oh, the original predator. He's definitely not as smart as the original predator. I mean, this this seems like the JV team for the predator. <laughs> this guy. So is, Arnold took out the the best of the hunters, and and now this guy is like the B team. I think so. I mean. That's what's so great about the first movie is it does really feel like a battle of wits at the end to a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is just 
half the time the predators are just marching towards someone, not being sneaky, not doing like hunting stuff, like not using its brain. It's just land in front of them, look menacing and invisible, and then yeah, kill, it's, kill you. It's, it's like, basically like our complaints on the TX, right? It's just there's no stealth whatsoever. It is now the the Terminator is supposed to be trying to blend in, but in some ways, isn't the Predator supposed to be trying to blend in? Yes, you should never know he was there. Yeah, that's the idea. It's like you know. But uh, the, he, this predator is just a blunt object. He's just bad at his job is really what it comes down to. He's just not good at it. You know, I mean, I think given the ending, you can maybe make some assumptions about what's going on in terms of like, maybe this is like some kind of training thing of just like, you know, he's not there by himself, this predator. You we know, the first the predator is, is on his own doing having a hunting trip, whereas this guy needs some backup. <laughs> so I think that's telling right there. He definitely is the JV squad. So um, what you also get here in this is kind of annoying, and I was going to ask you about this. So this fear of heights thing, this feels really stupid to me. So uh, Glover's character, Mike Harrigan, he's a super cop, and he's indestructible, but he's afraid of heights. Yeah, He's vulnerable. It feels like they're just checking a box off in terms of, in like the screenwriting book, like the hero must have a weakness. Fear of heights, check. You know, it's just, that's, they're just. <laughs> I do kind of get, it's, it's funny. I don't know why it came to my head, but unbreakable. Oh, uh, we need something. He can't be unbreakable. Water, check. This one, uh, Mike Harrigan. Uh, heights, check. Yeah. It's not even really original because, you know, like, there have been plenty of cop movies where the cops are afraid of heights. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I mean, Vertigo is a movie entirely about that. And here it's just like, it's just there, but nothing really comes of it. No, it's not used much. It's not even like he has to overcome it. Like, you know, later in the movie, he does have to, like, face his fear of heights, but it's not like he chooses. Like, it'd be one thing if, like, there was someone in danger and he has to face his fear of heights in order to overcome it to save them. No, he's just in a situation where he's in a high place. He happened to be in a place where he's in a high... What's he going to do? Not be afraid? He's just like, you got no choice. You got to face your fear. Yeah. Well, from uh, from this scene, then, the feds finally show up and Gary Busey is, is introduced. And he uh, he definitely seems like... A very, very pleasant and magnanimous guy when he comes in and, and does his introductions. Oh, uh, at the police station? Yeah. Yeah, they, they could have played up the antagonism a little more. They, they kind of get along a lot, except for one scene. Yeah. I think that's kind of the weird thing about what I was saying earlier about like having the police captain and the you know and Robert Davi telling him, hey, you got to cooperate with the feds. Like It should have been Gary Busey saying, you need to cooperate with me. Yeah, there should have been some solidarity among the police against the feds. Or just not have that, like... Or it, not have them in the movie at all. You know, it, it deflects it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there should be... The movie should be building up this antagonism between you know, Danny Glover and uh, Gary Busey. And it's all going through intermediaries. It's all, like, the police captain saying, like, you need to cooperate with Gary Busey. It's like, why, don't, why aren't they having this conversation directly So to build up that antagonism? It's true. So well, the one thing I did note in this, though, this has to be the most crowded police station yeah. in the history of, of movies. Well, it's like everything in this movie where it just they're turning it up to 12. It, it's beyond 11 in yeah. this one. I mean, this to me is some of what, what I think Last Action Hero was making fun of. Not that it was a nice police station, but just the amount of sheer activity in one police station. Yeah. And like those guys are like... They're headbutting, headbutting. police. I mean, it's <laughs> out of control. And this, again, this felt like RoboCop. That, yeah. that police station felt very, very much like a scene in RoboCop. Yeah, it's, it's so cartoonish. But we, what we do also get is we get the eager beaver Bill Paxton uh, is, is introduced, the uh, the Lone Ranger. Yeah, I, I think, speaking of unnecessary characters, 
I think Bill Paxton might not be necessary to this movie. I don't disagree with you, and but what I was going to ask you is that that's isn't that some of what made the original Predator great was the team and how they get picked off, and the team just is not great in this. No, at all. no, and that's I think I'd said when we did Predator that my memory of Predator Two was that the Predator was still cool, but the human characters all sucked. Turns out the Predator was not that cool either. Um, but you're right. I mean, none of these characters are interesting. No. And that's the thing. Like, it's Now that I'm thinking about it, it's weirdly reversed from the first movie where I feel like in Predator, the situation was portrayed as realistic as could be expected about, you know, when you're watching a movie about an alien Coming hunting. Down, yeah, yeah, but hunting people. But it feels as real as it could feel. And yet the characters are very over-the-top and cartoonish. In a fun way, like, you know, Jesse Ventura, it's like, you know, it is, it has like an element of pro wrestling where the characters are larger than life. Yeah. Whereas here it's the reverse. It's like the world is over the top and crazy and the characters are very like down to earth and not, I mean, well, the, I guess that's not entirely true because some of them are a little wacky, but no, so, but yeah, yeah, this team is bad. There's no question about it. Like, no, they're just, none of them are, re- re- I mean, you're right that Jerry Lambert, the Lone Ranger, Bill Paxton's character might be unnecessary, but he's probably the most interesting of the team he has the most personality for sure yeah like he has four characters worth of personality and then the rest of them have zero yeah like they're just hoping it would average out to to four interesting people yeah so i like the entire this entire sequence here in the police station other than the show just how out of control crime is in los angeles there's it's basically to introduce lambert and get a little bit on Busey, and that's it because that's all you get out of this you get the speech which it's like the worst speech ever. Oh, I know. Here's the speech, kid. And then it's just like, what is it? It's just like, you need to play, you need to be a team you player. Team player. <laughs> I didn't need a speech. You could have just held up a flashcard that said that. And also, he's such a hypocrite because he's not a team he's, player. And also, it, nobody on his team is also, like, later, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Danny Boy. Danny Boy. And, he goes on his own and doesn't listen to orders. None of them are team players. So, like, his, his leadership skills are very suspect. No, Harrigan is a terrible leader. <laughs> terrible leader he doesn't lead by example he doesn't command the respect of his team no so he, he's a terrible leader also i noticed uh somewhere in here is i have a note talking about how uh oh because it's when uh it's it's actually earlier when uh, robert davi shows up and he's screaming at him saying like they got you up you know in whatever downtown pushing too many pencils i was like boy the predator writers really yeah. love people pushing pencils i have that and i missed bringing that up but yes I- <laughs> what's the matter the cia have you pushing too many pencils so from uh, from there we then uh, we then cut to what i have is even though this was 1990 what i had it as some crazy 80s sex scene cuz this was just over the top in the in the penthouse yeah. for, for the colombians this is very of its time. Oh, extremely of its time, including the uh, the very fake looking uh, uh, body parts involved in the scene. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how to talk around it, but yes, don't talk around There's it. Some but... silicone going on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so, and this is the Colombian. I, I, so, was this? I was a little bit confused. This was the leader of the Colombians, or was he just an underboss? I don't. It's not clear. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well. I, Somebody important in the Colombian cartel. Well, uh, uh, Morton Downey Jr. calls him something. Doesn't he call him like the the crack king? He calls him the crack king yeah. of L.A. So that sounds pretty important. Yeah. Well, he uh, he doesn't make it. The Jamaicans are there, and uh, he he's not going to make it. Yeah. But then some the, the rest of them don't make it too. Because no. Somehow, how does a predator know where to be all the time? Yeah, I don't know. None is, of this. I mean, I, presumably, he's tracking all these gang members because, like, isn't that the thing? Is 
this is what I didn't understand about this movie. At first, when I was watching it, I actually, what I thought when I was going through it, I thought that somehow Busey's team had control of the Predator. And, like, they were sending the Predator in to do the dance. I mean, I know that's not the case, but when I was watching it, huh. when they fly in and they're overseeing it and they're taking over things, what I thought was like, oh, somehow they weaponized the Predator and they're using it to try and clean up these drug cartels. And in some ways, maybe that would have been a more interesting movie. Wow, yeah, that's a fascinating idea. If, you know, like, all of a sudden then it got off the leash. I mean, it's pretty predictable, right? Of course, you know, you think you have control of it and then it turns on you. But that's or honestly, if, that's even, what I thought it was at first. And this this scene kind of also leads to it, right? Oh, we know where the cartel's hiding out, and there's going to be a hit on him, so we'll send the Predator, and he'll do all the damage for us. Well, I was going to say, even if they don't have control over it, like, somehow they're guiding its behavior or somehow to like where yeah the, the tar- they're choosing the targets for the predator they don't have total control over the predator but they have a way to basically cooperate with it and yeah. feed it the information saying hey go here's some prey yeah, for here's you. some yeah worthy prey i honestly thought that's what it was and this was my first time i had never seen predator that's what i thought Busey's role was supposed to be and i i think it actually would have been more interesting that way yeah um and this scene was one of the ones when i got the actual answer i'm like i don't know how does how did the Predator know to go there? I mean, there had to be so many other places that there were just shootouts going on based on the establishment in the earlier scenes. How did it know to wind up here? I mean, to be fair, those two, before uh, they got attacked, were put on quite a show for the whole city. Oh, so, like, so uh, everyone in L.A. could see those two having sex. So, <laughs> so you think the Predator was just a peeping Tom? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> What's going on there? Oh, also, while I'm here... <laughs> I like that idea. Instead of on a tree like George McFly, he's exactly. like on a gargoyle like Just 40 stories up. Hanging out, using maybe the laser sight every once in a while if he's not getting good light. He's getting, it, he's getting it in infrared and everything. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so whatever. The, the typical thing happens that you expect, right? The predator goes in and just destroys everybody in there. Yeah, but not, not in an interesting way. Again, it's no. just a monster in this movie. It doesn't have any personality. Like I, I feel like the first one really had a lot of personality. You can kind of understand why it was doing the thing. Here's just like, blah, I'm here to kill you. Yeah. It's and, dumb. And I think that's another reason why when I was going through it, I thought, again, that it was sort of a weapon on, on a leash and yeah. that it was just being sent there to do a job rather than kind of do what in the original when it's out there on kind of like a safari. Yeah, and now that you, you mentioned that, it does fit, and you're right, because... Like the way that this predator behaves is so inconsistent with the last movie where it it is just killing. It's not hunting really. I mean no. I guess in theory it is. No, it just goes in and it's a blunt object, right? I mean that that's what it does. It goes in this room and because it's indestructible, just kills everything. Right. Where in the first it's lurking about, it's kind of watching and figuring out, all right, which one do I want to pick off? Right. First none of that is it's, in this movie. There's there's a meticulousness to the predator in the first movie that is just gone here. Yeah, yeah. I think a blunt instrument is right. Like it doesn't be so. So yeah, I can totally see now how you could think like th- it's behaving in a way that feels like a monster. That's like you know under someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think you're right. That would have been more interesting. Yeah. Uh, and so we then get, of course, Danny Boy, and they all show up on the scene, and they're not supposed to go up there into the penthouse, but they do anyway. Yeah, and then they they. See that little, like, prong thing, whatever? A hook. Yeah. And then Gary B.C.'s team shows up. I wanted to ask you, how did they see that up in that ventilator? Because when, when Danny Boy goes back and where it's at, I'm like, how did he even see that up there? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, like, way, way up in, like, a vent. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I want to talk about Adam Baldwin for a second. 
Because thank you. In, in a, well, do you have something you want to say? Cause no, go ahead. I, I didn't want to talk about Adam Baldwin in this movie. <laughs> well, the, the, Gary Busey and his team come up after then they, they kick him out of the crime scene. Yeah, and Baldwin is one of the, the members. And for the record, is he the worst of the Baldwins? Well, he's not a Baldwin. He's unrelated to the Baldwins. Oh, I didn't know that. I, yeah. For some reason, I always thought Adam Baldwin was... He's not an official Baldwin. Okay. He's been in a lot of stuff, actually, that I've seen. He has, and sometimes he's okay. I'm not like a huge fan of his. Yeah. He's kind of a kook, in a way. like In a Gary Busey sort of a way, is my understanding. Is he really? Not as fun. Like Gary Busey's a kook in kind of a crazy, funny, funny grandpa sort of a way. Or I think <laughs> yes. Adam Baldwin's kind of a... Just uh, out there? Yeah, and kind of like a, not a nice guy at all, is my sense of it. Uh, I actually don't know that much specific, so I shouldn't actually say that because I don't know. But uh, it's, I've heard that. But his line, in, in a whole movie of bad performances, Adam Baldwin takes the cake. He stands out. It's as if the muscles in his face have been frozen. <laughs> like he's, Bunch of Novocaine. He, he, and he's, he's totally monotone because it's like, who are you, Keys? And he goes... Someone you don't want to mess with. No, it, the, the I line. Know, I know what the line actually. Is. Well, no, it's the last person. The reason why. Oh, I, the last person. Okay. It's last person you want to f with. And the reason why is that that is a Ice Cube song, and I never knew what that was from. Oh, really? So they, they sample sam- that. They sample that. I mean, the, the, the <laughs> okay, actual, that makes it worth the, it. Yeah, the actual song, of course, is you know Ice Cube and his lyrics or whatever. Right. But I listen to it. I'm like, I have no idea who that is or what that's from. And now I have been enlightened. Do you remember the song, the name of the song? I'd be curious. That's to... that's the name of the oh, song. The name of the song. Yeah, oh. or it's a it's a derivative of that. But that that basically is the the concept of the song. I want to look that up. I have yeah. no idea. And uh, it's Adam Baldwin. And now having seen it, I'm like, yeah, I should have known it was Adam Baldwin. I mean, it's so monotone. How could you ever pick out the voice? It's just, this is how I talk. I am an inscrutable government agent. I have no facial expression. Like, never. Even when things go bad later. She's like, oh, no. Everyone's dead. <laughs> the, Get them out of there. He's so bad. The thing is, is that nowhere in this movie does Busey live up to that reputation either. It's a line that makes no sense because... Oh, you're right, yeah. That's true. He does almost nothing <laughs> you're to right. back that up. Almost nothing. They mess with him the whole movie. Yes, They're with, constantly with almost, effing with him. Yes, and pretty much no reprisals whatsoever. No. They hit his car. They yes, like slam into his car, but he's perfectly fine. And then they bring him in and explain everything. <laughs> yes. This is what you get for messing with us. We're going to tell you everything, all this classified information. We're going to bring you into our inner circle. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. That line is so incorrect. It's preposterous. <laughs> Gary Busey he, he, like, threatens to beat him up. Yes. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> no, no reprisals. You're right. Oh, sorry. I just, I, I he's the least scary, <laughs> like, men in black type of a guy. Right. Who's ever been I mean, in the he's movie. a pushover. I mean, he just folds at everything. He just backs nothing up whatsoever. Yeah, he just kind of whines like, you guys shouldn't be here. Get out of here. <laughs> he can lock them up, presumably. They don't do You'd anything. I think so. Anyway. But they take over, and they kick them. And also, they kick Morton Downey Jr. out, which I don't know how he got up there. He's like don't... the 40th floor or something. <laughs> he's out on the balcony. <laughs> How did he climb up like Spider-Man? <laughs> that would be great if Morton Downey Jr. with a cigarette chain smoking. Yeah, yeah. chain smoking on his way up. I get the sense with this movie that, because this director, he did other stuff. He actually just did, uh, what's that movie about Jesse Owens that came out last year? Oh, um, was it Jesse Owens? I mean, meaning oh, the, it's called the Race. title. It's Maybe called it Race. Was. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, he directed that movie, which so he's still around making wow. like major motion pictures. pictures yeah. But like, I just get the sense... Because this, I think, was maybe his first big-budget movie or something like that. 
it this feels like a movie where he just followed the script like completely slavishly, even when it didn't work. Because like stuff like that, where it's like, I wonder if the script didn't necessarily say it was the fortieth floor, and so now here's Morton Downey Jr. like barging in from the balcony. And and the script it probably made sense because like maybe that they thought it would be on the second floor or whatever you know what yeah. I mean like it feels like there are a lot of things that are happening in this movie that make no sense they just go with it right but it's, it probably made sense on the page and then they got to the location so well this makes no sense but this is what it says you know there's a lot of stuff like that oh you know what really stood out to me is the subway sequence where it's like okay the predators coming at uh, Bill Paxton and yeah he's just invincible like you said whereas. I imagine it was a thing where he's like, I'm sure on the page that sequence is really scary, but then you, you, you watch what's on the train, He's just basically walking very slowly he's just towards Invisible Frankenstein, the Lone Ranger. Anyway, back to where we were. Yeah, so, so we we get here that uh, Glover sends, uh, excuse me, Mike Harrigan is going to send the Lone Ranger to go tail Busey's character, and uh, he's going to meet back up at the penthouse later with uh, with Danny Boy to basically break back in. Right, yes. So there was, a, there was the girl who was the, the silicone lady. Yes. She was put in an ambulance, but then Gary Busey diverts her to his helicopter. Yeah, and they... Yeah. His unmarked helicopter with a dent in it. You know what I'm I did not notice the Nothing dent. says, like, high, <laughs> high, highly efficient, like, mysterious federal program. And this rental, like, obviously a rental <laughs> helicopter. Oh, maybe he... Uh he borrowed it from Jack Ryan. Maybe it was left over from clear <laughs> right. present danger. Two million dollars. You have uh, to leave a deposit. Two million dollars. You know who's actually in uh, Fast Five? The villain of Fast Five is the Latin Jack Ryan from Clear and Present Danger. Really? Yeah. I, I was like, not, oh my god, it's him. I, I did really not excited. know that. You should see Fast Five. Most of those movies are not good. Fast Five is really good. All right. It's like actually a really good action movie. I'll put it on the list. Uh, so Danny Boy, I guess, gets back to the penthouse before Harrigan because he goes in by himself. I think he was supposed to be waiting and he just decided to get an early jump. I'm not sure he even went anywhere. He just kind of hung out. Oh. Because doesn't he say, I'll be back, something? I, I don't know. Yeah, because he wants to meet up with King Willie. So he, he sends um, Leona to, I think, set up a meeting with King Willie. I think that might be later. I can't remember. No, because Leona's in that bar when he meets Yeah, you're right. No, that is, that is later, later that he sends him. Because I don't know. What was Glover going to do then? I don't know. Because he says, I'll meet you up here later. Well, he's not doing anything. Wait, which one's Glover? Is that Bill Paxton? No, Bill Paxton is uh, Jerry Lambert. Okay. Danny Glover's character. I'm saying, what is Oh, Harry? Danny Glover. I thought, yeah. I thought there was a character called Glover. Oh, I was no. like, who is that? No. Okay, Danny Glover. Yeah, yeah I think he's just waiting. He's waiting to get the intel from uh, from Bill Paxton. Right? Oh, I guess. I think that's what's happening. Yeah. Well, maybe he just doesn't want to. I mean, maybe it, he just wants to wait for the feds to finish what they're doing up I, there. I guess that's probably what it is. In the end, all that really matters for the script is they needed Danny Boy to go up by himself. Right. So they don't really explain why Harrigan isn't there at the same time or why Danny Boy goes up by himself, but he does. So whatever. Yeah, he just gets impatient, I guess, or yeah. something. It's never really explained. I, I, do you think, because I guess the, this whole thing is here so that it's like a personal vendetta. Danny Glover's going to get him. You made it personal. You killed my, my buddy. The problem with that is you're not invested in the character of Danny at all. No. None. No, not at all. All I could re- think of this guy, having seen this movie twice, is the stupid sunglasses that I think are supposed to be futuristic <laughs> that you think are of its time. It should, it should have been, because uh, there's that, like, uh, whatever, the, this necklace that he wears that later becomes, like, a plot point where the, that he has, sees the ne- necklace. The, yes, that you absolutely love that, that sequence oh, in a, the cemetery. There's a reason why it's uh, queued up yeah, <laughs> on, on screen. Uh, we'll get there. No, but it should have been the sunglasses. Yes. The sunglasses hanging from the tree. <laughs> yes. 
Predator's like, I got the sunglasses. <laughs> I like that Predator voice. Thank you. I mean, of the of the things it's just Doctor Claw that I uh, I'll get you gadget. That is an excellent Doctor Claw. That's I all I was doing. It. Yeah, I've always been able to do Doctor Claw. That's an excellent Doctor Claw. Thank you. The the best parts of the Predator in this are his choice of words that he has, including. Danny boy, I can't do Predator at all. <laughs> I mean, I, what I was doing was nothing like the Predator. But it's, I mean, it, speaking of that scene in the cemetery, my favorite part of this movie is not exactly the f- favorite part that you have. I uh, want some candy is like my favorite part of this. I love. It's so weird though. I know it is weird. That's what makes it so awesome. Want some candy? <laughs> um, it's the fact that he repeats it back on all, the subway. Yes, all you kinds know. of weird places. But, like, so, I mean, you like it because it's dumb, right? Yes. Okay, yes. Because, like, it's... Not because, no, not because it's good writing. I think because <laughs> okay, it's so yes. random and dumb. Okay, I can see where you're coming from. Because, yeah, there's when he's menacing Bill Paxton on the subway right. and... Want some candy? Yeah, it's so funny. Why me. would they put that in the scene? Like, did they want that to be funny? Because it's kind of funny. That's what it is to me. They're totally undermining the like threat, the the like menace of the predator. But there, but see everything about that. I love that that. Well, we probably should wait till we get there. But whatever, it's a bonus episode. Let's yeah, just talk I, about. It I love everything about that. The fact that the, these people bring this kid and tell them to wait in the car in a cemetery. The kid's not allowed to grieve. He just is supposed to like sit there with candy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then the, the, this kid sees this predator, and they only leave him alone for like 15 seconds, and then immediately are coming back and say, hey, what are you up to? Yeah, they should have heard him close the door to the car. Like, they should <laughs> immediately turn around. Should but, we just play it? I have it. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but this is what, and it, 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 again, it's not because it's good writing, it's because it's dumb, but like fun to me. Yeah. Want some candy? So, because the predator kills gla- sunglasses, uh, Danny. Yeah, Danny. And then later in the movie, he goes and visits Danny's grave. Let's just play it now yeah. since we're talking about it. Because really, most of the stuff in between that and then don't really matter anyway. Yeah, there's like a, like, I don't know, a 30, 30 minute sequence of this movie where literally nothing happens. Yeah. The movie's just spinning its wheels. Come on, honey. Yeah, come on, honey. So they leave. It's like they're going to a hotel room, you know, together. But they're like here. They're like, you know, like, they're like 10 feet away. Take that, you scum sucking dog. <laughs> this kid is one of the best actors in this movie, to be honest. Yeah, he's got this toy gun. The Predator's reaction to him, watch this. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy over-the-top reactions in this movie. The, the the dude on the roof, when he sees the Predator, yeah, it's <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, and Predator's like, no. I think it's just to show that he is... Want some candy? Brian! <laughs> I just looked at him. I do like that. He assumes he saw a ghost. Yeah. I think this is just a show. Like, he's. I would like. Hold on. Just hold that thought. I'd like the idea that the predator's like, mm, yeah, I could go for some candy right about now. He takes the candy from the kid. He doesn't, like. He just stands there. Like, you'd think the predator would be like, I've been spotted. Maybe I should jump into a tree or something. No, he just stays he there. He just stands there. But it's to show that he, he's looking at the kid's toy gun and he's making an assessment, like, oh, this, it's not an actual weapon. Yeah. Because they come out and say in this movie that the Predator only kills people with weapons. Yes. Want some candy? <laughs> so Danny Glover's just finished his partner's, and here's, here's hanging from the tree is his partner's necklace. Panama Jack hat. He's just covered in sweat. But him freaking out here, and this music cue is over the top. Him freaking Whoa. out. This <laughs> He's like, pulled his gun, and he's just freaking out. This it's, I just find that reaction. 
There's all, every reaction shot is so over the top, but like that one. No, is that one so in crazy. particular is really over the top, without a doubt. Remember when we when we did the Predator episode, and I was going to watch this for oh, yeah. some extra credit, and I fell asleep, and then that's what woke me up. I was just like, "Wow, what? What's happening?" <laughs> so yeah, we left off with Danny getting killed. Yeah, Danny yeah. gets killed, and so this is yeah, it becomes this kind of revenge story for for Harrigan. And th- this is the beginning of when the movie spins its wheels for a while. It just you don't really move move things forward much at all. Yeah, because like after his death, there's a scene with I think this is where you get the scene about like he's wrecked eleven vehicles and whatever. Yeah, I don't know why they're talking about this after his partner's death. It's just like there's a scene where like you they're, stay out of it. I, I think the reason it's in there is they were trying to establish they're effectively blaming him for Danny's death that. Danny wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for Harrigan's recklessness. I guess that makes sense. He basically ordered I, but him to it do is, it. But it's, it's stark that just all of a sudden you're in the captain's office and he's being berated. There, there's no smooth transition to that at all. No. And the audience has to fill that in themselves. And they're telling him, like, you're on thin ice or whatever. But, like, again, nothing really happens. He's not suspended or anything no. or, like, punished in any way. No, everybody threatens Harrigan, but nobody actually does anything to him. And they basically just tell him the same thing, like, stay out of it. And then he goes down and threatens Keys. Yeah. Keys just happens to be there. He's just like, I'm going to, you stay out of my way, or whatever he says. Yeah. I, did you happen to notice the, I don't know what was on Busey's tie, but it looked to me like an Illuminati symbol. Yeah. It's the eye of Providence. Oh. Yeah. The, the eye and the dollar bill. It's, yeah. It's definitely that. Okay. I was trying to figure out, I'm like, is that, is there supposed to be some deeper meaning there? When I first is saw Tom, that. Is Tom Hanks going to be looking for him? No, when I first. <laughs> the yes. Da Vinci Code? Yeah. Is there going to be like, there's going to be a predator on the Declaration of Independence or something. <laughs> be awesome something like that um no when i first saw that because here's the thing uh later adam baldwin is wearing a polo shirt that has like instead of the crocodile it has that symbol really there i missed that at the very end he's wearing a polo shirt with that symbol so i went oh because when i saw gary Busey wearing this i went i wonder if that was gary Busey's idea I, I, I was like, I bet he went to the director and went like, these guys are Illuminati. I'm going to wear a tie with an Illuminati symbol on it. It'd you know what? Great idea. I've already got it at, ho- at home because I am an, in the Illuminati. <laughs> right. No, I, he seems like the kind of guy who'd be like way into like conspiracy theories and like Illuminati run the world kind of stuff. Like yeah. Gary Busey seems like the kind of guy who would be like, I, here's, here's, here's what I think is going on in this yes, movie. This is what I think this really is. The Illuminati control the world. They've got these dented gray helicopters. That <laughs> right. Fly. <laughs> yeah, I like how our uh, Gary Busey was just Robert Loja. We were just doing a Robert Loja impression. <laughs> we have like you six bust, impressions. You busted no, me. I started it. I think. <laughs> I think I was the first one to do it. Uh, we, we, I didn't do enough preparation on this to try and get a Gary Busey down. I only have like five Hold impressions. On. I've got Doctor Claw. I've got <laughs> Robert Loja. I'm going to work on it. Arnold is okay. I have a distinct Gary Busey line in my head, and I'm embarrassed to admit it's from Entourage when he was on that, which actually yeah. was a great cameo for him. You're like a gut maggot without the guts. <laughs> That's a little bit better of a Busey. That's okay. Busey's tough. He's like, he's just kind of, it's, it's more like a facial expression and, like, and an attitude. Yes, I, I don't know it if is his, his voice. If he wasn't so like crazy in most of his movies, I don't know if his voice is all that distinctive. It's No. He's distinctive more than his voice is distinctive. He, and actually in that cameo has one of my... <laughs> My uh, that gut maggot without the guts is great, but the follow up line you're gonna spin right off of this planet, yeah. Gary, is such a great line. Entourage got so bad to the point where it's kind of embarrassing to, to admit, admit that, that you ever watched it, but <laughs> stuff like that actually was really good. Yeah, Gary Busey was funny on that, he show. was. I do like in this scene where, where uh, Harrigan threatens Keys after he's done, he does like a little clap. Slap. Yeah, I have 
that too. I said, I just, I love the Glover clap as he walks away. What was that? Uh, is it like, I'm going to slap you? Because he kind of does it right in front of Gary Busey's face. <laughs> the glove slap? Yeah, like a little bit. Or like, Sir, uh, I challenge you to a duel. I don't know if it's supposed to be an intimidating thing, but it's not. No. It's the least intimidating thing. No, it is know. like the glove slap. Yeah, it's so weird. But yeah. I just, my note here is, then the movie spins wheels for a while. Oh, big so. time. Because now what you get is you get Paxton saying how he tailed him and lost him in a warehouse. And they start, you know, it's basically exposition dump to solve some mysteries. There's that, like, science lady. Like, she's the coroner or something. But she also does analysis on the Predator yeah. thing. And she says... And a microscope somehow is able to determine metal consistencies. <laughs> in an instant. She's never seen this before. He goes, first of all, Danny Glover's got this key piece of evidence in his pocket. <laughs> I've been carrying this around. Look at this. <laughs> I didn't think about that. You know? I mean, I, I understand he stole it from a federal, like, site. Like, he right. shouldn't have it. But whatever. He just gives it to her. Yeah, she puts it into a machine immediately. It's given her, like, a readout of the chemical composition, which does not correspond to anything on the periodic table, she says. Yes. Well... And before that, I said, I, my note was, we get a little bit of Busey and a lot of 80s technology talk. Because that, that, I mean, there's an entire sequence of him saying, oh, you know, switch to infrared. Oh, right. I forgot about that. You're right. And it was, I think it was, like, supposed to be really impressive. I'm like, yeah, this, this is, kind of feels dated. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. There's, a, like, a 45-second sequence. It's just panning across monitors yes. and hearing them talking. Yeah, an 80s tech talk. Total waste. But here's what I had. I said, then head to, head to forensic doctor with an accent for authenticity, I have in parenthetical. <laughs> yeah. And then she then follows that authenticity up with, Danny Boy was boned like a fish. <laughs> like, right. Are you kidding me? It's a technical term. That's yes. the, the scientific term. Boned yes. like a fish. And then you then do get what you said, is that it's nothing on the periodic table that is known in an instant. I mean, really what it's saying is, whatever her machine is, can't identify. Yeah. But she's just jumping to the conclusion, like... Everything is on the periodic table, right? Like that's not a thing that's real. Just because it's an alien doesn't mean they have like different compounds. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there are different elements, elements on yeah. different planets. I don't know that. That I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not the case. Okay, it's science fiction. Whatever. Did you get the um, the amount of magnification? I have it down as a hundred and fifty thousand times. <laughs> is that what she said? Yes. I didn't look it up to see if I'm sure there are microscopes that certainly get to that level but do you think that they're sitting in the forensic lab of the LAPD I don't think so I don't think so either that's how she knew it was not on the periodic table she's literally looking at the atomic level (laughs) I counted the electrons she's looking for (laughs) Ant-Man Right. Yes. And so before this, we we did miss, although we're trying not to do everything on this. With it, uh, Glover say, or Harrigan sends Leona to try and set up a meeting with King Willie. And yes. then when you get through this forensic talk, that's when King Willie's guys show up. Everybody, oh, they, these, these guys are awesome. I, yeah, I like these guys too. The guy, I mean, King Willie would see you now. These guys are smoking blunts that are so big. Yes. That Snoop Dogg would blush. Yeah, it's like, it can't be physically possible. Those those blunts are made out of things not on the periodic table. Yeah. How is that hanging together? He's like smoking a burrito. <laughs> right. It's like a crepe. It's so big. It's comically large. Like, I, I don't know if they're trying to make these Jamaicans really threatening, but this is like a comic. This is like <laughs> Scooby-Doo characters show up. Because between that and the hats that they have on. Yes. And Danny's Glover's hat. It, I mean, all I, I just said, everyone has crazy hats on this evening <laughs> is what I have as a note. Yeah. It's so cartoonish. I mean, it's consistent with the world. Like the police are cartoonish. Yeah. The gangs are cartoonish. Everything's cartoon. It's just a cartoon world. 
but it's really funny. Uh, and then we get this meeting with King Willie, and I don't know, this is kind of boring. Yeah, really boring. Nothing comes of it. He learns nothing. He learns nothing, and King Willie is wiped out immediately thereafter. And you don't even see the fight. Nope. I mean, I guess that happened in Predator. I, I think maybe this is supposed to be the equivalent of... Uh, of uh, Names. I'm not good. Billy. Billy, yes. We're all going to die. Yes. I think that maybe it's the equivalent of Billy getting killed by the Predator where it happens I off guess, screen. But, but Billy is way better. Yeah, this, we've just met this guy and suddenly like there's this big confrontation with the Predator. It's like, what is even happening? I don't know who this is. And then all of a sudden you just have his mouth wide open. Yeah. And it's his, you find out screaming. His head, yeah, that his head got cut off. Yeah. This this guy Big Willie is supposed to be like he like runs all of drug traffic on the West Coast. West Coast, right? He's like the, he's the biggest one, and he's just meeting them in an alley. Like, wouldn't he have a mansion or something? Or is he, he doesn't he have some place he could meet them that isn't an alley? No, because if he's going to be out there rolling bones, he needs to be out in the yes, streets. He does do that. It's kind of like this weird like voodoo caricature. Like, it's yeah, just, it, it's not a good character at all. I think this guy I recognize them. I think he's in Coming to America. He's, I don't know that movie that well. So, oh, really? Yeah, no. So, I mean, I'm sure you're probably right, but I don't know that movie I that think well. he's one of James Earl Jones's, like, assistants or something. Okay. I, I, I can picture him wearing a very, like, formal outfit, like a royal outfit or something. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's in. I'm, I'm sure you're right. So, yeah, King Willie then gets put, basically, a little taxidermy and gets put on a shelf, and then it's over the top because there is a taxidermy shop in Los Angeles in the next scene. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, what? Come I, on. Oh, you just don't believe that there would be a tax? Why not? Why would there be a tax? What hunting is going on uh, in Los Angeles? Uh, no, no. No, you're right that there's no hunting going on nearby. But I would believe that like rich assholes would want to keep stuffed animals that they didn't you hunt would, themselves. Yes, you would do it, but you would, you would do it close to where the hunt took place. That's what the point is. is you have to transport the animal there. You're telling me that you're killing it somewhere really far outside of L.A., shipping it to L.A. for the taxidermy? No, there's going to be a taxidermy specialist somewhere close to the hunting grounds. Is, it a taxidermist, is the taxidermist there, or is it just a place that sells taxidermy junk? I thought that the sign said taxidermy like it was done there as well as you could buy okay. stuff there. If, if that's makes, the case, it you're It makes right. more sense to me that, yes, you would be right if it's just you can buy. You, you These aren't actually your trophies. You can just go buy one that somebody right. else hunted. That seems like a very L.A. thing to do. Okay, then you have me. You're right. I bought, probably, I bought this, like, tiger rug. You know what I mean? <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. But. No, but you're right. If, if that is, like, an on-site taxidermy, then, yeah, what are you going to taxidermy? Like, like, a coyote or, like, a, yeah. a lizard or something? Yeah, so, there's no wildlife around L.A. to, like... That you could hunt. I hadn't thought about it your way. You're probably right. That's what it's supposed to be. But I was furious when I was watching it. I'm like, there would be no reason for there to be a taxidermy specialist there. Is is that immediately after you see the predator hang up Big Willie's skull? Like, I think maybe it's just there to like make the parallel. No, just I, like because you've got him carrying it, and then he places that skull after he cleans it on a shelf. So I think it's supposed to be over the top. But I'm saying, do they cut right from the predator hanging up the skull to the taxidermy? You cut to Tony Pope or Morton Downey giving a recap of what happened. Right. And that um, Harrigan is like walking around like a phone booth, and the phone booth is right outside of the taxidermy place. Right. So they don't even like make the parallel visually. If it had been like, here's the human taxidermy, and here's what humans do to animals taxidermy, like tra- drawing parallels, it was cutting close. right from one to the other. That would be kind of interesting. Like, it was close because what you do is you have a wide shot of, and you can see the title taxidermy. So I think you get it a little bit. You don't get it up close right away because it waits later in this scene. Harrigan puts it together like the taxidermy. He like looks at it and thinks, oh, he, he has a eureka moment. So you get right. a little bit of the, the 
the immediate of gets put up on a shelf and then you're at a wide shot seeing taxidermy in the background. You're right. Because, I mean, that's what they're going for, but if they wanted to go for that, they should have just cut right from one to the other to make the connection visually. Right. So, I mean, that's just not good filmmaking, really, was what it comes down to. No. You're right. I forgot about Tony Pope giving the report on Big, Big Willie's death because he calls Big Willie the Prince of Powder. And I went like, wait, so earlier we had the Crack King... And now we have the Prince of Powder. There's like a whole like royal Alliter- hierarchy. and alliteration that goes with it. Yes, so I have some other alternates. Oh, uh, excellent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speculate that there are some other like... Kingpins. Yes, exactly. So the, I have the Count of Cocaine. Okay. The Queen of Quaaludes. <laughs> the Lord of LSD. <laughs> the Sultan of Speed. The, wow. The Duke of Demerol. The Magistrate of Morphine. Oh, wait. I just paused the movie and had some fun. Uh, the can, Ar- the Archduke of Amphetamines. <laughs> can I add one? You may have the one that's at the end of mine. Go okay. ahead. Okay. I would have the Vice Lord of Vicodin. I have the Vicar of Vicodin, <laughs> Vicodin but I like, your, I like yours like better. Vice Lord I better? like Vice Lord better. Okay. I mean, I already said Lord, but fine. But my, my last one I know you'll like. Okay. The Beer Baron. Oh, <laughs> I'll catch you, Beer Baron. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> that is awesome. The Beer Baron. Yeah, this guy Tony Pope just loves giving these guys, you know, like oh, I would compl- royalty yes. nicknames. I completely would imagine that if there were more kingpins hanging around, they all had names like that. He's putting together a list like that. Yes, he's Absolutely. got a whole list. He's got them ready for when <laughs> when Quaaludes wind up on the street. He's got he's, he's got, got a that one ready. Whole to go. Rolodex of these yes. nicknames. Uh, and so then we get a little bit. This is more again where this thing's spinning its wheels, but we we. Get finally some reconnaissance information on Keys. The only thing I had on Peter Keys, played by Gary Busey, is he's a Cornell man. So apparently he's an Ivy League. By the way, I never envisioned Gary Busey being in an Ivy League school. No, he seems like ex-military or something. Yes. That's kind of why I was, expect- I was speculating that maybe that was a for but Arnold. Arnold's character. He that makes way more sense. He doesn't seem like he's an expert in anything. Like <laughs> He's an expert in, you know, bossing people around or something, you know. And not following through on threats. Yeah. Like, yeah, he does not seem like he's very, like, it's not like he's schooling Harrigan, just like, let me show you how much you, I know more than you. you. No. We also get in this, and this infuriated me, on the, the computer that the, the, the feds, they erased everything that was on this computer, <laughs> yeah. except one thing. Why? What? I mean, could you not hit delete one more time? You know why? It's so the, the I, uh, movie can, get, can move forward. It's the most plot convenient. Well, here's the other thing. We already knew about the... The slaughterhouse. Yeah. Because uh, Bill Paxton followed... And lost them there, effectively. He'd be like, oh, they, they were somewhere in like the, the meatpacking district or whatever. Yeah. So this is information we basically already knew. She's like, yes, there was traces of like cow blood yeah. at the crime scene. So the killer must have been in a slaughterhouse recently. It's like, oh, we already knew about this. You know what it reminded me of, actually? This is, is going to be a weird comparison. There's a video game called L.A. Noir, and I've actually been replaying it recently. Uh, I remember that game. I actually was really interested when it came out and didn't wind up playing it because it felt like a game that would have been right up my alley yes. if I had enough time. I think I actually remember, like, if not showing you the game, showing you like, a trailer or something. It's, it's, yeah. it's a pretty cool game. But in that game, you're, like, you're detectives and you're doing investigations. And in that game, if you like screw up, if you like don't get the right answers or whatever, the game will just like guide you back. Basically, your partner will be like, "Hey, remember when this person said about this?" Like basically elbowing in the really, in the and that's what this feels like. It's like, "Hey, remember earlier when we said talked about the slaughterhouse, Danny Glover? Maybe you should look at the slaughterhouse." It feels like you know a video game trying to direct him to the place. <laughs> I, hey, I, dummy. <laughs> hey, I'm a really big Kurt Vonnegut fan. Have you ever read Slaughterhouse Five? <laughs> right. You mean like that? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it, it's so weird how this information comes up twice. Yeah. I don't know. And it, just, it infuriated me. Why would the feds have deleted everything but one file? Yeah, I know. It's it, There's no reason for it. Yeah. It's it's totally plot convenient. What I, I don't even know what file she's looking at. I, was I, it like a disc or something? What yeah, no, have? it was a computer. I don't remember where the computer was actually from now, but everything got wiped off except for one one key piece of information. Yeah, I'm not even sure what she's looking at. I remember the scene, but yeah. I just don't remember the details. And this is actually now we've caught up to the, the cemetery the scene. Yeah, the, 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 it's probably the my favorite part of the movie. It's so crazy and over the top. I mean, that that music cue may be the most over-the-top music cue in the history of films. <laughs> it's so over the top. <laughs> He's literally doing nothing. He's looking around. <laughs> my God. And I just have it here. He is soaked yet again. Yes. It is so bad how much sweat they have on Danny Glover in this movie. Yeah, that's for sure. And but I think he's just waiting. Like I think he's just making a stop here because he's asked the, uh, Maria Conchita Alonso and Bill Paxton to meet him. Yeah. They're going to go to the slaughterhouse and check it out. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, and they wind up, they're taking the subway to get there. Yes, the famous L.A. subway. <laughs> now they have a subway, but at the time, they <laughs> you, you, did not. And even now, I don't think it's like extensive. No. I don't know how... I've never been to L.A. Uh, so here's what I want to know on this this subway scene. Can man, hopefully you can help me, or maybe the audience at Bad Puns Podcast. If other, I had only this is I had, again had never seen this before. Why does Jerry Lambert have a golf ball? Because <laughs> he likes golf. <laughs> that's why. That's it. Is that really it? <laughs> that's really it. I swear. I swear to you. I spent like fifth. I honestly, I spent so much time. I went back and started, I'm like, did I miss a scene or something? Well, when they introduce him, he's talking to that girl about, like, here's what, a, what you want to do for a good swing. I understand. Said. I thought that was just because he was trying to grope her. I didn't actually think that he was, like, a big fan of golf. <laughs> I think it's both. And even if you're a fan of golf, I, what, I, you know, there's things that I like to do. I don't carry things around in my pocket. Right. He's not going golfing. He no. doesn't have clubs with him or anything. No. Yeah. The, it, that, uh, of all the things in this, honestly, I went back... My second time through and kept trying to find a missing scene that I missed. Well, I'll go with one, this golf ball. I'll go one further. Why is Maria Conchita Alonso's character pregnant? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> that doesn't go anywhere. You don't get that in this scene, do you? You get it later when she, after the After scene. the attack. Yeah. The predator attacks her and he sees through his so infrared. When I, when I saw that, were, were, were we supposed to assume? But no, even if her and Jerry had slept together, it's like a period of like two days. So that wouldn't mean anything. Yeah, I, I, it's not clear how far along she is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I maybe, but I don't think so. It's not. It's not clear if they're hooking up. That's not made clear. I mean, I don't know. You could. You could maybe imagine her like putting being on aggressive that. with him. Yeah, as flirting. Yes. I mean, the first time they meet each other, she's fondling him more or less. So. <laughs> she's sexually harassing him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's supposed to be what it is. I mean, we we don't learn any information about it. And so this is the other thing I want to ask you. So are they just trying to parallel the other movie, and that's the reason why she survives? I didn't think about that. Because you have two survivors, one male, one female. As big a fan of Predator as I am, I'm trying to remember. Do you see her in the helicopter at the end? You do, right? I'm pretty sure you do. Yeah, it's established that she made it back to tell, to give basically the coordinates of where Dutch is. So she has to have survived. Right. I just can't remember if you see her in the I back think, of the I think you do. I, I, I think I so, too. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember. So, but, but that's what my point. I, that's what I didn't know, is that the only reason Leona survives is because they were parallel in that. Because why wouldn't the Predator just kill her? I mean, she's got a gun. She's a threat. I think it's pretty heavily implied that it, it sees through its infrared vision that she's pregnant, pregnant and lets her go. I guess. That's pretty weak. It's some kind of, like, predator code, I guess. What, you know what I mean? 
I think that's what it's supposed to be. That's what the movie is implying as far as I'm concerned. All right. I, you're probably right, but that, 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 I don't know. That's really lame. It, it is lame. She survives, but who cares? She disappears from the movie. After that, yeah. she never comes back. That's why I asked, does the girl in Predator... Show up again. I think she does. Whereas here, Maria Conchita Alonso, she may as well have died. She never reappears in the movie. It's not like there's any kind of like coda where the two of them are together and we survived right. and no, thank goodness. No. She may as well have died. Uh, that's the reason why I think it was they just wanted to parallel that movie as much as they could. Yeah, and they're, I think you're right. I think they are trying very hard to mirror. That's why I think like the scene with Big Willie is trying to mirror Billy. the scene yeah, with Billy on the log. Yeah. But what, I mean, it's not it's not a one to one thing. No, but it's I, not the team isn't as big. Yeah, but I think I think there is no Blaine. There, I mean, there. Yeah, but I think you're right that there is kind of a very loose structure that they keep where it's like it's going through kind of the same motions. Yeah. I thought that for sure. Uh, anyway, so at some, I just want to note at some point in my notes here, I'm trying to see where it seems like it's here. I I started ch- calling Harrigan Iron Mike for some reason. I don't know why, but for the rest of my notes, because he just seems like he's indestructible. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely is that. I mean, Iron Mike Tyson, you mean? Yeah, I don't I don't know why. And I was actually thinking of Dit- Mike Ditka for oh, some reason. Okay. And then he's just he's tough as nails and indestructible. Oh, just because his name's Mike. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah, gotcha. But this is then when we finally... Um, we get to the, the the meat house or the 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 warehouse in the in the meat district now. So right after the predator attacks the, pre- the subway for some reason. And yeah, it's not really established why the predator attacks the subway either. People it, have guns. Big deal. Well, I, I didn't want to move off of that scene yet, just because I just want to mention how much I love action sequences where you can't see what's going on. It's so enjoyable when it's just like literally darkness and flashing stuff and like. Who thought that was a good idea? You literally can't even see what's happening. No. It's just, I guess it was supposed to be sort of like thriller horror movie, but it doesn't work very well. It's terrible. I do like that guy, the guy who sets off the whole thing where they try to rob him and he has a gun. He's like, get away. Yeah, that's that, very much RoboCop, by the way. <laughs> but then in the middle of the fight, like uh, the Predator shows up and it's dark and like chaos. And the, the only thing you can really see is him getting up going like, yeah. oh, what's happening? Ah! <laughs> that guy does not make it. <laughs> that guy's so stupid. Did you think he got what he deserved? <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of did. I mean, he was the one who escalated the situation in the, yeah. in the first place. But because, uh, yeah, and and again, I think later you learn that the Predator only killed the people on the subway with guns. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean about like that whole thing in RoboCop would feel very satirical. Everyone's got a gun on the subway. Whereas here, I think it's just because the Predator only kills people <laughs> who have weapons. Yeah. They've established this. And they want to have a sequence where the Predator kills everyone on a subway. So it's like, well, ipso facto, Predator only kills people with guns. We want the Predator to kill everybody. Therefore, everyone must have a gun. gun on this train. Yeah, so it doesn't feel like there's any satire intended. No. But anyway, yes. And it, you're right. It's not, it's not an interesting action sequence at all. He just lumbers at him, and there's lights flashing, and he's indestructible for... Reasons that are not clear. No, well, yeah. And so why Lambert's is shooting him? Why is he indestructible here? But then against uh, Iron Mike, he's just a movie monster in this movie, yeah. the Predator. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep plowing through here because we're getting getting towards the end. So Predator, this is where I Mike tracks down the Predator and he's in his car and he. Oh wait, this is where is this where Morton Downey he gets yeah he jacked in the face yeah because Harrigan comes out of the the subway that's right hey, blah, 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 and he punches him yeah. He basically he punches his camera more than anything. It's yeah, from the but, camera's point of view, and it's just one of those like fists coming right into the, yeah, the lens. And thing. he's down for the count. I mean, he's just out. 
Yeah. So maybe Iron Mike was, it was like Mike Tyson's punch out. I wonder if that's, if the only reason Morton Downey Jr. is in the movie is because they want, they knew that in 1990, watching Morton Johnny Downey Jr. get punched would be a big, big cheer yeah, in the people, audience. People would enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, so this is then, you referenced it before, the only thing that really happens, repercussions, is where his car gets T-boned. And this is where it happens. Yeah, but again, like we said earlier, they just bring him right in and they tell him everything. <laughs> yes. I mean, literally everything. But this this is probably the two back-to-back best lines in the movie. Yes. Because it's the effing alien and then lions, tigers, and bears. <laughs> oh, my. It is such an awesome line from Gary Busey. No, but I also like the one right after that where Harrigan says something and he goes, You're the lion. <laughs> this is his jungle. He's on safari. Yeah. Uh, the way he says... You're the lion. I just, Gary Busey, he's the only one giving a good performance. Yeah, in this he's thing. the he is by far and away. He's so. very watchable. That's why, you know, the this exposition scene, which would normally be the most boring scene Annoying. in the movie. It actually is good. It's actually the, the best scene in the movie is the scene where they stop and they explain everything for three minutes. Action scene's boring, you know, like chase scene's boring. It's all boring. Exposition. Exposition, no. yeah. That's the sign of a bad movie when the exposition is the most exciting part. Well, it's because it's the best performance in the movie yeah. is, is carrying it. But I, my, my note in, in my notes, Busey gives an exposition dump and connects to Predator 1 and then just has those two quotes because it, it is probably the best stuff in this movie. Yeah, and I like the fact that they referenced the first movie and, um, you know, it's very vague, but like... We get the sense of like, oh, they, they were debriefed. Dutch and uh, and yeah. what's her name were de- debriefed, and some government official got all this information from them. And, you know, yeah, that I mean, that totally makes sense that they would be on the lookout for this technology. Yeah, although it, it does establish here that their like nuclear devices blow up three hundred square blocks or something like that. Oh, I didn't notice that. Blo- he said something about like there was an explosion enough to vaporize 300 city blocks. It's like, that's how far Dutch ran. He says 300 city blocks. That doesn't make blocks. sense. And then can you explain to me in a minute here when the, uh, the same bomb is set off, how does that not go off and destroy the entire city? Because he cut off his arm. So what? Very clearly. That's, his, that's why. Okay, his arm is cut off. How does that stop an <laughs> explosive device? I don't know. You're right. It's, it's really it, dumb. It infuriated he has, me. He has begun the countdown sequence. <laughs> right. All I could think was that was going, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get... <laughs> yeah, this, this predator doesn't even have a cool laugh. No. He's yeah. a sore loser, but he doesn't even have the cool laugh. Cutting a, that thing in half, you would think, would just set it off. Right. He cuts it... I mean, I guess he cuts the device in half. I took it as he that arm just fell, man, and that thing was still counting down. Yeah, because now that you mentioned it, you're right. Because in Predator, in the first one, I never assumed that the bomb was in his arm. It was just the controls to right. set off the bomb that he had on his person or somewhere otherwise was nearby. Right. Right. The, the idea that, that the thing on his <laughs> arm is the actual bomb. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I didn't think about that. It's 100% correct. That is so ridiculous. I got so mad. I'm like, how is this? I'm like, it still should be. He should be right now as he's falling, laughing. Ha, 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 ha. And I didn't get it. And the bomb, nothing happened. Nothing happens. Yeah, it, it, he stops it from blowing up by cutting it in half. I guess. That's what we're supposed to believe. All right, we, we jumped ahead a little bit. So before that happens, we, Busey lays out this intricate plan that he is convinced. So having gone to Cornell, he's not very smart because he makes a huge assumption in this. Oh, about the Predator's Only vision. Only being able to see infrared. Well, I, I love the way he says infrared. <laughs> I don't remember, but I can imagine it. <laughs> Just imagine Gary Busey saying infrared. Yeah. I assumed that he believes this based on Dutch's debrief. 
the Dutch told government officials at the time, it's seasoned infrared, I cover myself with mud, and so it couldn't see me. I could see that, but to assume that it can only see an infrared. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. If this guy's a scientist in any way, shape, or form, he should have been sus- suspect of that. I think this is kind of based on, I mean, you're 100% correct, but I think this is just based on like what was commonly known at the time. Like, <clears throat> If you were a fan of the first movie, Predator, that was just an assumption that everyone made. Oh, the Predator sees an infrared, oh, and right. can only see an infrared. You know, to the audience, this is new information that he can see. But you're right that it's totally unreasonable to just assume, to plan your whole strategy around <laughs> the assumption. No contingency plan whatsoever. Yeah. This, like, spacefaring race of creatures. They, right, they have the technology to travel intraspace. Right. And you're they have elements that are not on the periodic table. And you just make this <laughs> giant assumption that they have this weakness that they can only see in infrared. <laughs> Yeah, it's so dumb. He must have cheated his way through Cornell. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he had Baldwin, the robot, taking all his exams for him. So this is where, again, there's absolutely no no repercussions because as as things are starting to unravel and they, they begin to realize that the trap has been set and it's not working, Iron Mike is able to get away pretty easily here and get to his arsenal in his trunk of his car. Uh, him, like, overpowering those guys as he, as he escapes is so silly. It's like, stop him. Ah, you know, they're just so caught off guard. Yeah. This elite government agency, this yes. mysterious agency. The Illuminati. Yeah. This sequence is just the sequence from Aliens. It's the part... I, I didn't think of that. ...where they go into the alien hive and <clears throat> they, things don't go according to plan and Gorman freezes and Ripley's got a save the day, and take over. Yeah. Beat for beat, you know, Adam Baldwin is the Gorman guy who freezes and doesn't know what to do. You know, you've got the guys going into, like, the, the lair of the creature. It's exactly the same. It's just like, okay, I, you guys saw aliens and just did that. Good job. <laughs> what I, I did enjoy, though, is that Adam Baldwin's character and the rest of those guys, they're completely okay just hanging out in that trailer. They have no interest whatsoever in intervening. Yeah, that's absolutely right, because... In Aliens, they're like a mile away from the soldiers. She's got to drive a thing like forever to get to them and rescue them. They're literally in a trailer outside of the slaughterhouse. <laughs> they're just okay. Do something. This, this, seems, this seems pretty dangerous. I think I'm going to hang out right here. They try to stop Harrigan from saving their own men. <laughs> this script is garbage. <laughs> Why would they stop him from saving their own? I don't care if they don't don't like him or whatever. Right. I'm going to go in there and save your guys. No, stop. What? You'll ruin everything. (laughs) I guess because they want to capture the predator and he's going to kill him. him. Yeah. But still. Your men are obviously just being wiped out. (laughs) Get him next time. I just, I, I was laughing when I just, the thought to me as I'm watching, I'm like, those guys are completely comfy, even though they are probably, I don't know, 500 yards away. They are not intervening whatsoever. Yeah, it's just like, that's not my job. Nope. I'm here to record, <laughs> right. not make the news. I'm here to report the news. I will say that's the most that Adam Baldwin emotes is when they're all, his men are dying. He's just, he very, very slightly is like cracks. Yeah. He's like, well, maybe I should do something. No, nope. mm, no, I'm okay. That, that dented helicopter is going to be mine now. Yeah, it is. He shows up in that dented helicopter at the end. Uh, so then, yeah, Harrigan goes and he... Oh, sorry, because I do have a note here about Adam Baldwin's response. Adam Baldwin, his, his response is, they're gone. They're all dead. <laughs> that is, that's exactly... They're gone. They're all dead. <laughs> he is so... That's what I'm saying. He's not looking to intervene whatsoever. <laughs> no. 
And, you know, you'd like to think, I don't know, you know, I'd like to think on this podcast, it's sort of like the beer baron, right? When he says to Marge, uh, if I don't come back, avenge my death. I'd like to think on this podcast, you'd avenge my death if something happened to me. I clearly, you know, I don't want Adam Baldwin in my corner because he's not, he's not looking to intervene for any purpose. If the predator was attacking you within 100 yards of me, I would consider getting up and helping, yes. <laughs> you would chip in? Yes. I th- I'm pretty sure I would be willing to, to help out a little bit. <laughs> well, I can say the same goes for me. Is if, if I was within the trailer next door, I would at least try and intervene. You know, he's comfortable. He's just, you know, He's, he's I mean, there. try and distract. Can't you even, even if you don't want to try and kill it, do a little, you know, maneuver. It's hot. Try and distract the predator. He's in this nice air-conditioned trailer. It's hot outside. <laughs> it's, and It is outrageously hot outside. You know, he didn't want to get all sweaty. and uh, He's got that nice polo. Yeah, and, and yeah, he does. Um, I don't remember if he's wearing it here, but yes, he does have that nice polo. And uh, Bill Paxton established earlier that it really smells. Yeah. B.O. and barbecue, he says. <laughs> so, you know, it stinks out there. He doesn't want to go out there. Oh, uh, all right. We, we've ripped on Adam Baldwin enough. Watch him die before the next episode goes up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. All right. So Harrigan gets his arsenal and, and basically goes in. This, seriously, this is more action stuff. It's all so boring. It should be a lot more fun watching Gary Busey fight the Predator and just going like, ah, how about that? Where are you going to run to? Ah, he's just yeah. going crazy. It's somehow not the least bit fun no. or funny or anything. It's so boring. All of this entire sequence, and you're right. If anything, I've got Gary Busey squaring off looking for some revenge against the Predator, and it is as anticlimactic as can be. I can't believe how unexciting or, like, the moment with Gary Busey, like, taunting the Predator and spraying it with, like, freezing spray or whatever. <laughs> it should be, like, this should be, like, the most amazing thing ever. And somehow it's not. Somehow it's just really, really dull. Yeah. And somewhere, I'm looking here on my notes, there's the, the other line that I love, so you want some candy? And then the other line that the Predator has is um, from For- Forrest Gump, It Happens. I don't oh, remember right. where it gets. I, I love that these are like the only two things the Predator says. He picks it up from the Jamaicans when they're killing. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, the Colombian cartel. When they're hanging the guy upside down. Yeah. Uh, but the Predator doesn't say it in a Jamaican accent. No, he doesn't. <laughs> You'd think he'd say it in a Jamaican accent because the guy who said it, it had one. Yeah. Oh, it's so somewhere in here. Okay, yeah. I, on the, uh, right now on the margin of my notes, I say 30 minutes still left at this point. Movie should be over. <laughs> that's, <laughs> wow. uh, that's my note. Yeah, there is a lot coming up after this. And it, all of this stuff, I'm like, I, yeah. I, this probably would, I wouldn't dislike this movie as much. If somehow either Busey saved the day and like sacrificed himself, and it wasn't like awesome, like you said, yeah. But he still dies, and that's how Harrigan is saved or gets away to be able to tell the story. Because all of this stuff after this, it it's just a waste. Yeah. What think about everything that happens after this? Because because the Predator kills Gary Busey. Yeah. You're like behind, you don't really see it. But, nope. Uh, he throws like a boomerang or something, and well, it's not a boomerang, but it's a disc, it's like a flying that, like, disc. Yeah. yeah. Harrigan climbs up to the roof. Birds. Uh, damn birds. <laughs> Does he say that? Oh, yeah. I missed that. Oh, he says, birds. Damn birds. And all I could think of, maybe <laughs> Riggs. Riggs. Maybe he's afraid of birds. Maybe he's not <laughs> no, actually he's afraid a, of birds. It's a combination of vertigo and birds. He's got two Hitchcock <laughs> movies that are in his head. Yeah. He's afraid of Hitchcock movies. Like anything that's ever been in a Hitchcock movie. <laughs> yes. You know? North by Northwest. He's, he's af- afraid of planes he, coming in crop dusting. He's afraid of windows. Yep. He's afraid of... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, this moment where the Predator gets demasked. They yeah. kind of do a similar thing. Yeah. They turn it around where 
Yeah, he starts to say the line, and the predator finishes it. Yeah. Can you explain to me how he can finish that line? Because this isn't the same predator, right? I, no, it's not. No. I don't know. I think I read somewhere that there was some established, like in a novelization or somewhere, it was established that this predator knows what happened in, to the, the first predator. Previous, okay. It was some like recording or something. Yeah, black um, box or something. Something. But when they, sh- when they reveal the predator's face... I'm going like, this Predator looks so much more puppety than the last one, and I couldn't put my finger on it, and then I finally figured out why. It's because this Predator mask has puppet eyes. I didn't notice that. The original Predator was Kevin Peter Hall's eyes. Just they put makeup all around them, but it was a real person's eyes. This one, when when the Predator goes, mother, you know, it looks so goofy. It looks like a Jim Henson. You know what it reminded me of, actually, speaking of the early 90s? The ABC's Dinosaurs show. Oh my, I haven't thought about that show in a long time. You're right. I was waiting for it to go, not the mama. You know, like, it looks <laughs> like a puppet. Awesome. It really, the eyes are so googly and Jim Henson y. And it took me, I, I, I literally paused. I was like, what looks bad? Like, something looks bad about this, and I can't put my finger on it. And that's what it is. Yeah. No, I, you're. Why would they change it? You're right. And so, yeah, because so the predator's down on the ground. He takes off the mask. And because this is, this is the thing that didn't make any sense, because. Harrigan gets him with like a shotgun like five or six times. Yeah. And somehow it works now. But oh, poor poor Bill Paxton, I don't know how many rounds. He just unloaded rounds in that train. Yeah. Like multiple clips did nothing. But Iron Mike, no problem. He can he can at least slow down the Predator. Yeah, he's, he's got like... Magic bullets. Yeah, he, he's the protagonist, so he is yeah. plot armor, as they say. And, and yeah, so getting to where I said 30 minutes left... They go up on the roof. A javelin gets thrown. You get birds. Damn birds. <laughs> you get them cutting the arm off after the bomb sequence has already started, and I was so mad about that. Well, the javelin thing is so dumb because the Predator throws the javelin. Danny Glover takes it and then doesn't use it. He, like, no, tackles he, him. He, he gives him the Danny kick from Last Action Hero, but <laughs> yeah, instead yeah. of a kick, it's with his shoulder. It is very similar. Now <laughs> it's that you mentioned exactly it. like they're, that move. They're up on the roof. Yes. Um, yeah, and then, okay, I mean, we could skip over a lot of this because... I definitely have a note. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Something to the effect of the climax of this movie is an old man climbing down a drain pipe while a one-armed alien makes jello. Uh, that, yes. <laughs> That's the climax of this movie. Pretty much. Can, can I just <laughs> add one thing to it, though? That before the jello gets made and the climbing, the, pre- the alien falls down and sparks fly from stucco. Can you explain to me? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Sparks are flying from stucco. I didn't notice that it was stucco. I mean, but now that I'm picturing I mean, it, 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 that's what it is. It's either stucco or it's, you know, it's, it's like drywall yeah. at the very best. Like something like it's but definitely not metal. It's not metal. That <laughs> building is not a metal building. Whatever. If it's brick stuck. Yeah. <laughs> what is this going on right now? It's also the tallest slaughterhouse in the world. I didn't think about that. Why do you need a nine story tall slaughterhouse? Next to an apartment building, like that's got to really. So I hope the rent is cheap in that building. So you you had it that you made jello. I missed that, but you're right. But I also had that he somehow wound up in the bathroom from Terminator, where the Terminator is doing repairs. Yeah, it's similar. Yeah. It's very very similar to that bathroom, and I like it that it's like grabbing drywall and crushing. It's like what <laughs> yeah. is going on in this movie? It's like turning the drywall into in the jello gel that he can cauterize its wounds with. 
I do enjoy the Predator smashing down the doors as oh, he runs away. That's kind of funny. It was funny. Because all I could think of, bear in his apartment. Yeah, it is like that. It's yes. very much like Ghostbusters. I wonder how many people got that reference in the title from... Uh, oh, from almost nobody. I, I knew because we weren't sure how to, what the title, title should be. And I was like, at least Michael will appreciate this. Oh, I laughed. If I can get a reference to a that. bear in his apartment. It also reminded me of a line in Superman 2. Where uh, Zod and them are constantly crashing through walls, and Lex Luthor goes, Million years of evolution, one of these guys can learn to use a doorknob. <laughs> I don't know Superman the way you do. He says something like that. Uh, so, yeah, basically, you get the old lady humor here as he's kicking down doors. I kind of like the old lady humor, too. <laughs> I like her with the broom. That's funny. The broom is a little bit her, funny. Her line is bad. Yeah, but the broom is pretty funny. Yeah, they're creeping in. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good. And the, and the margin of my notes right now is he bursts through the door. I just have, will this movie end? I know. It keeps going, going. It just keeps going. And now he's falling down like an elevator shaft. And just, finally, we're at the spaceship. Yeah, they had to get him to the spaceship. That's, they had to like bend over backwards, Yeah, getting them all the way there. Which and is not worth it. It's no. It's not interesting. You didn't get a spaceship in the other one. Why do you need a spaceship in this one? I mean, I'm sure it's because they're trying to raise the stakes. They're trying to, like, this time there's six predators. Ah. Yeah, but they do nothing with it because the six predators, these predators are magnanimous. The two other ones that have been down here actually doing the killing, they are not magnanimous. They are definitely sore losers. These, they they leave a memento behind. Yeah. I I like what that implies, even though it's such a weird moment. I I do, I agree with you. I do like that because they, for people who haven't watched or won't watch this, um, in the end, of course, the protagonist survives, kills the Predator. He uses that crazy disc that was used to kill Gary Busey, which I kind of like that Busey and, and the Predator both died by the same weapon. I guess that's true. Yeah, and so they're coming to claim the body and then take off, but they, they one of the Predators leaves, uh, throws him a, a pistol from, I don't know, it was the 1700s? It's 1715, I think. 1715. So to imply that, yes, they come down every once in a while when it's hot, and right. uh, and hunt humans, but it shows how far back it goes. Yeah. And I think it would have been kind of cool if they had done another done a predator set, like I don't oh, know in the like, past. It's like they're like on a ship, like a sailing ship, and they stop at an island, and suddenly the predators there. Like I think that would have been cool. I think it could only be a scene though, because really, how much damage could you do with rudimentary seventeen hundreds weapons to the predator? I mean, unless like, the predator fights fair and only uses weapons that are somewhat comparable to what humans have at that time well the predator is not using comparable weapons to what modern humans have it's using ray gun like laser guess, beams and I stuff guess, yeah i guess you're right no i think that would be cool there are a lot of like predator fan films that do stuff like that really there's one that's actually a pretty well done like high production value where it's like set in the middle ages and they're like going on the crusade or something and then the predator attacks and it's actually like pretty well done it's, it's worth <laughs> checking out all right there's also predator versus Batman, which is not as well done I can't imagine that. It's a fan film where they fight in an alley. It's, that's all it is. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Do they both at some point say, Martha? No. I'd like to see the our Predator say, Martha. Right, and then all of a sudden they team up. Yeah, but whatever. Ship takes off. Uh, we get the, the final sequence is the, yeah, the spaceship takes off. The dented chopper comes in, and I'm assuming that this was just to set up another sequel, which, of course, did not happen because this was not a success. Uh, well, the third movie didn't happen, but many, many years later. Uh, okay. 20 years after this, it was Predators, yeah, but starring Adrian Brody. So I haven't seen that either. It's all right. It's better than this. There's some things about Predators that I don't like about what they do to Predators and kind of changes the nature of them, but how it's, old, it's at least a movie. How old is that? 
2010, something like really? that. Really? Yeah. No, I didn't see it. It's got Danny Trejo in it. Oh, okay. It's, it's got some. It's got Lord Fishburne in it. Who else is in it? It's got uh, that dude from the, that 70s show. Really? What's that guy's not name? Not Aston Kutcher. No, no, no. The other guy. Topher Grace. Topher Grace. Yes. Man, I do not remember this movie at all. It kind of flew under the radar. It was not like it can't have made any money. I, I'm not sure if it did well or not, but yeah, I definitely. Like, I'm a big Predator fan. I remember like it almost got by me. It was it was pretty low low key. Wow. Uh, so really, but what I guess we should also then mention though is what really is to look forward to is the upcoming The Predator. Yes, which just started filming. Oh, I didn't know that. I hope Arnold's in it. Yeah, I you know they're being very coy about that in a way that makes me think maybe he is, yeah, or I, like a cameo or something. It's, I mean, I can't imagine it'll be a big part, but they, you, I don't know. You you almost have to have him in it. I don't know if you have to. There've been there've been, there been others. Two Predator movies and two Alien vs Predator movies. None of those having. You know, I know, but the movement now is to try and work some of these old timers into these things to like pass the torch, and I think that's the best way to handle some of these if you're going to make more. No, I, I mean I would love it. Believe me, <laughs> I'm, I agree that. It would be awesome if he's in it, but I don't. I'm not assuming that. It it, it could just be you know. I would have thought if he's not in the movie, they he would have come out and said like, "Sorry to say, I'm not going to be in yeah. or whatever." Or, you know, they would have said something, I lower think, expectations. So the fact that they haven't said it, I think he's going to be in there for two minutes. I would love it actually if he's he's the one he he gets a hold of one of those wristbands and just ties it to himself and he does the laugh as he explodes himself. <laughs> 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 I just would love to know what happened to that character. Even if what, we don't, Dutch? Yeah. yeah. Even if he's not in the movie, I would love to know what the rest of his life was like, you know, just maybe, or something. Yeah, maybe he was pushing pencils with the for the CIA for the rest of his career. Yeah, just or something. I, you know, I think there's also a reference in Predators like oh, in the jungle there was an this attack. Happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's anyway, Predator that 2. That was Predator 2, and it was uh, not a good movie, but there were at least a couple of things that made me laugh, so it wasn't a total waste of my time. But it is definitely not one. I was glad I could get it from the library, because it's not one that I want to own. Which I was shocked I could get this from the library, by the way. I mean, you know, it's uh, people want to see Predator movies. I know, uh, but this was 1990 and wasn't that successful of a movie, but... Well, I imagine the library gets their movies from donations, right? So maybe it's a thing of like, I don't want this. No, I don't think so. Oh, really? No. They're I, buying that stuff? Yeah. Huh. I okay. mean, this one was, it wasn't Blu-ray. It was on DVD and been, I'm sure been there a while. And I'm sure <laughs> yes. sometimes they're just laughing at some of the things that are now coming up on my library card being taken out. Anyway, you reminded me because you said, I don't know why these other predators are in the movie. Yeah. In the movie, there's no reason for these other six predators to be here. But the re- actual reason why these predators are here. There's a YouTube video I'm pulling up that says Predator to Dance. So this is apparently what they did in their spare time on the set. Come on. This is very visual. (laughs) So this isn't going to play on a podcast, but the guys, all these guys in the Predator suits just apparently for fun (laughs) shot like a whole music video where they're just dancing around. They're doing like the Super Bowl shuffle. You can hear them counting. There's like editing it and stuff. <laughs> it, it is kind of like the Super Bowl shuffle. That's you funny. I'm the predator and I'm no fool. You're right. One, two, three. One of these guys apparently, I think he was the one who organized this. One of these guys was like a big like break dancer in the '80s. So yeah. they all they all like do their own thing, and then like this guy's just like. He's just doing, like, swinging his hips. They get to, like, the fifth guy, and he's just super-duper, like, break dances. (laughs) (laughs) 
I want to know how much time you spend on YouTube to find garbage like that. Oh, I've known about this video for years. I'm sure this is on the Blu-ray that I just bought. Here he is. Here's. <laughs> oh yeah, this guy's <laughs> going to town. And then this guy just doing the the, the worm or something. <laughs> anyway. No, that's probably the breakdancer. That guy's probably the breakdancer. <laughs> that's what this guy. Oh, look at this guy. And they're, they're like they're like doing dances one at a time, and they point to the next guy. Oh, you know, here he is. There, this is <laughs> this is like Boogaloo Shrimp. <laughs> anyway, I'll probably cut this because it's not going to work on a podcast. But that's that's I, makes it worth the whole thing. I appreciate you telling me about that because I never would have found that on my own. <laughs> So ninety four thousand views. So uh, so yeah. So that's uh, that's the show, and we've uh, we're making our way through the bonus episodes. Yep, and the next one uh, it's a little special. Next episode's going to be a little late because two weeks from the time this goes up, there'll be a new Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in theaters. Yes, Aftermath. So we're trying to go in cold. We're really not. I, or at least I haven't tried to really find anything on this movie. Yeah, I don't. Know, I don't know much. I mean, they really haven't released much. There is a trailer now. I have watched the trailer. The, I mean, the only thing that I could tell is it seems like it's more like Maggie than it is yes. an action movie. Yeah, so. I, that's my impression also. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do, instead of putting the episode up on the day it would normally go up, you know, which would be Wednesday, the movie comes out the following Friday, two days later. Correct. So rather than putting up an episode that day, we're going to wait uh, until either Saturday or Sunday. Go we, see it and record. Yep, so we're just going to... See the movie and give our impressions. It'll be fresh off the, you know, we record these usually about a month in advance. That's going to be like the freshest, hottest take ever. Yeah. You're going to be hearing our impressions the day that we see it. And we won't be able to do it in excruciating detail because we're not uh, going to go in and bootleg a copy and record it and then try and watch it and get excruciating We're in there with flashlights and taking, taking notes. Body count number 12. Yeah, get, get it on there. Oh, that is the one thing. Man, hey, it's projections here, rewind. <laughs> Can you please stop that? I need to count the bodies. Yeah, uh, we're, we're just going to be, just going to be a casual conversation about what we thought. Yeah, it's going to have to be. And then we'll have to figure out long term, like if we go back and revisit and at least try and get this, if there are any, I can't imagine in that movie, it gets the feeling like it would be a little morbid and wrong for us to probably have a body count. And there's probably not going to be any puns. So we might not need to go back and do excruciating detail in either way. But yeah, we'll play it by ear. Yeah, we'll have to see. So, so yeah, so that's uh, that's going to be the um, the next episode for us, and it's pretty exciting to yeah. be able to do one a, a new one as we're doing a podcast. We've been doing this podcast for like I don't know a year and a half now, and yeah. this is finally finally an Arnold movie has come out. <laughs> yes. you know his career has slowed down a little bit, so this is, this is new territory for us. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So anyway, so join us uh, when we talk about aftermath. Uh, until then, you can follow us on Twitter. At Bad Puns Podcast, and uh, find us on YouTube where there you go. things are gradually going up. Yeah, the, whole, so, the whole first season's up, and uh, I'm going to try and upload some shorter clips that are easier to share because I know, like, you know, on YouTube, two hour videos, not everyone's going to, most people are not going to watch the whole thing. Right. It's just the audio, so, yeah. but it's there if you want it. Yeah, and uh, if you're enjoying the show, please like us and write us a favorable review on your podcast app of choice. Uh, and so that's the show. It's a bonus episode, so no statistics. So we'll be back with Aftermath. It'll be the aftermath of our viewing of Aftermath. <laughs> Touche. Touche.